50% with Marcel Combs, my good friend and mentor. I'm Deantha Gratton, and on this podcast, she will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. Hi, Marcel. <laughs> Okay, here we are. Uh, we have Marlene Sharp with yeah. us today. Yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. I think it's a world we don't know, but That's it's so right. fun. Yeah. She, she talks about her beginnings in New Orleans mm-hmm. and her parents taking her to children's theater growing up. Lots of up. plays, and she loved it. Loved and she it. loved mm-hmm. it and wanted to be on, be on stage. She um, <laughs> underemphasizes, I think, how many things she's done. Mm-hmm. She uh, has, you know, so many things in L.A. that she's been a part of. And, and I think she's just a fun gal uh-huh. to listen to. And and you can hear a little bit of the struggles when it comes to that Yeah, LA I think it's a tough, a tough world in what she does. And I like her insight that she gave us to really behind the scenes. Uh-huh. When you think about we go watch a movie and you don't think about all the things What's and happening. what she did with the animation right. and all that. Let's go to Marlene. Welcome, Marlene. We're so happy to have you on 50% with Marcel Combs today, and we're just excited to just listen to your journey and hear all about you. Oh, wow. No pressure, right? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'll try to make this an exciting journey. (laughs) Exciting. That means you might do a song and a dance. Perhaps. And I also have a, a co-star at the ready right here, my my furry child, Blanche Dubois Sharp. So she's she's the plus one. She she's the, the extra who comes along with, with all of my appearances. Uh, I, I don't see her. Is she um like a Bichon or I mean Yes. She's a Bichon Poodle mix. There you go, because she has such a fancy name. Yes, yes. Uh, only the fanciest for Blanche. <laughs> yeah, I had a Bichon long ago, and I have a golden a golden doodle now. And uh, my golden doodle is quite... I was having a little conversation with her this morning about eating her dog food instead of wanting the people food. Uh, mm-hmm. It was somewhat one-sided conversation, but she was... Listening. I imagine so. <laughs> She was was listening to me. Well, you know, I love to start out with you just kind of telling us what brought you. You've got quite an exciting resume that I'm sure you're going to share with everyone. But just tell us how you ended up doing what you're doing today. And you can start wherever you want to. Yeah, well, I'll start at birth and then try to try to make it quick. (laughs) Um, We've got some time. Quick, quick ish. Um, so I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I always felt a bit like a fish out of water there. It's a nice place to vacation, but if a person, a person meaning me, is not into the football and drinking (laughs) culture, um, it's kind of hard to fit in. And uh, I was a nerd, nerdy kid, (laughs) 
and nerdy in the, in terms of books and studying, but also nerdy in terms of arts and culture and um, al- also obsessed with Hollywood from a very mm. young age. As soon as I was old enough to question my parents about where TV shows and movies were made and realized they were not made in New Orleans <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> uh, except on very special occasions, I was like, hmm, I got to I gotta get out of here. And then also my parents um, took me to a lot of children's theater mm. starting very young when I was a toddler they would take me to um, community theater for for children and uh, so I really bought into that in a big way it seemed real and I loved it so anyway I, I wasn't able to leave New Orleans until after college I, I went to Loyola University in New Orleans for, for college and then um, went to San Diego State University for graduate school and I earned an MFA in musical theater. So my original dream was to be an Oscar winning actress by this point in life, which did not work out, but I'm still hopeful. Uh, (laughs) Betty White is one of my idols and Uh. she, she really had a, she, she, to be fair, she had a successful career the whole way through, but she really peaked Mm -hmm. like in her golden years so so, for sure so my my yes so my my time is 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 right around the corner (laughs) for the really big stuff the really big stuff is is coming anyway i uh i i studied singing dancing acting and a little a little bit of writing but i i really just wanted to perform and um and not i I like the stage but i really saw myself as a movie star which was a little bit delusional but you know i i i I bumped my head when i was a kid and that that accounts for some of it but um also i i did like the behind the scenes of show business i i was always interested in writing and and also putting things together like matchmaking if if somebody was if I knew somebody was good at one thing and somebody else was good at another and then putting them together and putting all the pieces together to make a show during a a time when I was in between survival jobs and (laughs) my survival jobs were always working in the business. And um, at one point I was temping and I landed at a company called Renaissance Atlantic Films that was an entertainment consultancy owned by a man who was very instrumental in bringing a franchise called Power Rangers to the United States from Japan. I temped for him for a couple of weeks and then he hired me full time. And then I worked for him for five years after that. And that was my entree into a number of things. Animation, even though Power Rangers is live action, um, we, we we worked on a lot of animated shows um also a lot of japanese intellectual properties the kids and family business the foreign intellectual property business um specifically japan um localizing content dubbing things like that and um i've really worked in some form of that area for most of my career and i've worked uh, worked for a lot of international company entertainment companies in los angeles so i've been here a a long time the land of many people that's what i call it (laughs) yeah and the, the thing that that was a revelation to me at the time is that 
so many international companies, so many overseas companies, especially have a presence in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, a branch office. Sometimes it's just a person. Sometimes I was the person for <laughs> representing a company. I would be solo and then everybody else would be back somewhere else at HQ. And sometimes I would serve as the only native English speaker in the company, which is how I learned to do a lot of things. Um, because if you're the only native English speaker, pretty much everything goes through you if if the company is wanting to do business in the west wow so um so yeah so i've i've worked for a lot of international companies but but from los angeles i really became an expert in localization localizing content for global audiences and merchandise driven properties so a lot of work with toy companies and um, inventors of, of toys and games and integrating those those play patterns and those elements into a show that will make kids light up and want to buy toys or want, their, <laughs> want to tell their parents to buy them toys. For sure. I have seen Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I saw this on your list and I thought, yeah. of the, not that I haven't seen Pink Panther, but Sonic the Hedgehog, um, I actually liked, if you want to know the truth. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's probably not everyone in the audience has seen that. Well, Sonic's been around for almost 35 years now. So it's a, now it's a nostalgia property, heritage property. And a property like that, as you might imagine, would have its peaks and valleys through the years. And so when I worked for Sega, the company that owns Sonic, video it's a Japanese video game company, um, Sonic was not at the peak of his popularity. <laughs> and so we had to work really hard to turn that around. But sure enough, it, it happened. And um, the well, I guess since 2020, that the, was when the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh-huh. came out. Um, that was a big hit. And then the, the video games have done very well since then. And um, there will be a third Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out very soon. And yeah, there are lots of lots of stuff. So the brand really turned around and I'm proud to have been part of the team that that turned it. That's great. You know, there's been a lot to say about entertainers and especially female entertainers and a lot of things that have gone on over the years. Have you embraced, I mean, have you encountered um, that? How do you, how do you survive as a woman in the field? That is a good question. And nobody, I've probably been on almost a hundred podcasts by now in the past few years. And no one has ever asked me that question probably because most of the people who interview me are dudes and uh, it just doesn't occur to them. (laughs) Probably not. So yeah, Uh, I mean, if it's not part of your experience as a human being, why would it be on your radar? But that's a great question. And I, (laughs) my experience, so to answer your question, yes, I have had challenges and what I feel are nothing but challenges the whole way through, like every day, just every day is, is, is a challenge um, 
sometimes a struggle. And but for me, it's not so much what you would think when you think of the Me Too movement, or at least this this is what I what I perceive that others think. It's like it's sexual harassment. It's it's um, women who are just t- constantly trying to fend off men who want to date them, dating being a euphemism for sexually exploit them and everything. I, I have the opposite problem and not to, not to diminish anyone else's experience, but you know, the comedian in me likes to say that the only thing worse than being sexually harassed is not being sexually harassed because they will kick you to the curb a lot faster if they don't think that they, if they're not attracted to you, at least if, if someone is attracted to you, they will um, put forth some kind of effort. It, it, it might not be the kind of effort one would prefer, prefer but um, they, there will at least be a cat and mouse game where you can slip in under the radar. You can make it work for you a bit. You get, you, you've got more of a chance. Whereas if a guy uh, sees you as like his sister or, his, or the babysitter or a mom type, um, or Aww. as my high school drama director said, Marlene is adept at playing the elderly. That's not going to get a lot of uh, favor, you know, favors being asked, sexual favors being asked of you and so forth. So yeah. I was never the, I was never like the prettiest girl or the, the, the love interest. I was always like, in terms of an act, acting, I always play the homely, uh, the homely girl next door or the nosy neighbor the the wacky teacher or something like that and um have like a really small part and I've got to like really nail it and upstage everybody Mm -hmm. to make my one or two lines stand out so that's been my experience and um luckily luckily I've never been assaulted um Mm -hmm. but I have certainly experienced harassment but not not in this not in the sense of somebody wanting to date me or wanting me to be their trophy wife or girlfriend or anything like that it's more like being in the room when uncomfortable things are being said or people like teasing me for not being the prettiest girl or not going along with you know whatever the crowd is doing and uh, stuff like that um and then I have been the subject of a lot of bullying, uh, a lot of workplace bullying. And unfortunately, like when you succeed at work, you would think that would that would be enough to stay employed. But in fact, it does enrage a lot of people. There are a lot of charlatans and false prophets who are here and they'll see somebody who's conscientious and trying trying to do good work and just just trying to buckle down and do the work and not not crush anyone with ambition or whatever and and even still that enrages some people and um and they they want what you have but they don't want to work for it but they don't for, for whatever reason they want the 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 quick road and they will think nothing of um you know scheming to get 
to throw you under the throw you under the bus or gas gaslighting is a very um insidious thing wow marcel i could go on and on because i've this is this is a new territory for me and i i love it <laughs> thank you for being my therapist today <laughs> i don't know about that i'm not a very good one then um i you know don't have those credentials maybe too many credentials but not those you know so how would you in all that, which which is a whole different problem, really, in many ways, but it's still a problem that we face, whether as a woman or, or whether as a person mm -hmm. um, in that role, how how would you define success? I mean, how what what is gonna be um success for you that you you make what does Tom Cruise make? I don't know. I, what is he worth? $350 million. But he has gone against the curve in many ways. You know, his latest movie, they no one really wanted him to do that because they felt he was too old. Um, oh, um, the Top Gun. The Top, the top Gun, Gun one. Yes. People. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, th thank you for putting me in the same sentence as Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, it's, I yes, of course, yeah. I'd love to think well, of myself I as the, bar the female Tom Cruise, right? Yes, uh, there you go. <laughs> um, well, when I was younger, and and still, I I I think of success as being an Oscar winner, right? Doesn't that sound like it would bring you? fame and fortune and job security and all those things. And, um, and certainly awards in general, especially the awards that the, uh, that Hollywood bestows, whether it's Emmys or well, mostly the Emmys and Emmys, Golden Globes, Oscars, they're all very known even outside of the business. But one thing that I learned uh, that was a real wake-up call just from being out here and meeting a lot of people, I do know a number of Oscar winners, and it's not a guarantee. I like, especially for somebody who's won an Oscar for one of the lesser-known categories, um, like best live-action short film or animated short film or the technical awards or something like that. It's not. Right a guarantee of anything and it doesn't come with any money attached to it in itself whereas like in in science and tech you win an award you get like a million dollar grant or something yeah. it's not like that it's up to you to turn it into yeah. something tangible so i mean don't get me wrong i would love to win i love to win awards i love attention but what i love more than that is financial security and i really don't <laughs> care as much how many trophies I have I, I want to still be employable because I, I don't see retirement in my future for anybody just survival on a day-to-day -day basis from what the world has been through in the past five years let's say just right. to be sitting here today is an accomplishment so I've, I've had to adjust my expectations oh. and redefine success through the years as I'm sure a lot of people have. Who's been your biggest supporter and maybe your biggest negative voice? Um, you know, when you when you look at both sometimes the negative voices also 
you know, push us forward, make us want to achieve. Um, so do you have people who fall in both categories that have motivated you? Uh, well, I'll be, uh, I'll be brutally honest. I've never had a mentor and, um, I've had people who've thrown scraps my way, thrown, thrown me a bone every now and then, but, uh, I've worked like ridiculously hard and against huge obstacles, including myself, including my own low self-esteem. And I've, I've struggled with other challenges through the years. And so, so, um, I, but I've never, I've never had an outside third party mentor per se, who's just always like, go Marlene. I mean, (laughs) if anything, like my family is totally mystified as to what I'm doing. My my parents still think (laughs) I'm going to come home like, oh, you know, when, when is this show business going to be over? (laughs) If you were talking to a young woman who was going to pick your major and was just going to do it. I I will have to say, when I think about people in the world you live in, actors, actresses, you know, just the whole barrage of people, you've got to have a self-determination as much as you joke about that, that bypasses just the average person. Uh, Because you got to get up every day and say you're going to make it happen just one more day. Not... Not that that isn't true in a lot of businesses where you want to throw in the towel, but but there's a lot more, as you have described, in the overall package mm-hmm. of what Hollywood, if you will, expects, or at least the entertainment. What would you tell a young woman if she was saying, I want to do this thing? Ask someone else. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm glad that you you give me so much credit, but um, but yeah, go go ask someone. Ask ask uh, Tom Cruise. I could probably list a whole slew of things not to do that uh, I could I could be an example for what not to do. Like here are some things that I did that really backfired. So please be sure to stay away from those. And so what would be some of those that really backfired? It seemed when I read your list of accomplishments, it's very impressive. <laughs> well, this is a business of smoke and mirrors. So uh, I guess that's, uh, that, that's part of my con. But as far as like think, things that I've done that have backfired, geez, uh, every day, put, putting trust in the wrong people and... Um, Oh, that said, you do, it does seem that you must take risks in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. So if I did have to give advice, I would, I would say to keep an open mind about the things that, that cross your path because, and, and don't necessarily dismiss them because oftentimes you can take something that doesn't seem like an opportunity and turn it around or, or at least make it more palatable or make it make it better by just by being a part of it and um and I've actually tried to get out of show business many times but no other industry will have me I it's I cannot break into another 
another profession. Um, it's very hard because what I discovered is that if I am honest about the things that I've worked on, a lot of people think that the, that those things are glamorous or impressive. Okay. And then, you know, so if I'm applying for a job at like to maybe use my marketing skills at a museum or a, a university and then somebody looks on my resume and they see that I've, I worked with Paul McCartney for two years on a film. They're like, well, why would you want to work here? You're going to be so bored after five minutes. And I try to explain to them that, th that those are just the facts on my resume, but that's not really reflective of, of the experience. And like, sometimes working with a celebrity is the worst thing that could ever happen to a person sure. whereas just working with a, a nice stable hard-working office office mates that is far more valuable well I think when people do look at what you've done then then I think you have had a lot of varied experience and I, I think that goes a long way. And you did mention Betty White. You would, you would love. I, I did see an article the other day on Carol Burnett, who's turning 90. Yes. Um, I mean, she's a woman um, that has been around a long time. She's beautiful now. She's had a lot of work. I have no problem with that personally. Um, but she looks great. And mm -hmm. she she's had a long career. Um, yeah. So I, I think as females, um, that that's something to look at that's inspiring, that they might, could not be just off the edge crazy uh, and yet have, have really lived a significant life. That's what, what's, is that what's keeping you going these days that inspires you um, and makes you want to get up and do this one more day? Uh, well, I always find new aspects of the business that interest me the, because the, the I do feel like being in Los Angeles and being in this industry, I'm around the cutting edge of trends and culture, technology, like uh, everything that's newsworthy. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes not good stuff like crime <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> uh, those types of things. But okay. anyway. Um, but I'm always discovering new, that's one thing that I like about living in a big city. There's always something new to discover and something that's really um, sustained me, especially during the pandemic and something that I'm really interested in and uh, learning more about every day is, um, is podcasts. Oh. And also um, especially true crime podcasts. And <laughs> at a certain point, I cannot even, I, I'm a very, uh, fear, coming from New Orleans, which is one of the most dangerous cities in, in the country, I'm always very conscious of safety and th those types of things. But um, um, it was really, it was the um, college admission scandal that really got me into oh. podcasts because that was something that incensed me to know. And as somebody who's gone through school on scholarships and just like fighting tooth and nail for every little scrap, um, it just made me so angry that people who could, who could have afforded to get their children, the best tutors, the best education, and they would still, they would 
they would succeed. And yet they went the extra steps to just completely commit fraud. And just so at the time when it was all unfolding in 2019, I could not get enough of it. I couldn't find (laughs) enough. I was like, there's not enough coverage. Like I need to know everything about all these people so I can hate on them in private. So what happened was I discovered a podcast it is so great still one of my favorites called gangster capitalism and the whole first season was about the the college admission scandal and uh, and i i just it was a revelation to me because i i always thought of podcasts as as talk shows uh-huh. and um i didn't real i didn't even realize that n- narrative nonfiction w- was a genre and and that also a crime podcast could be so compelling and not necessarily about violence against people just about like scams and cons and other kinds of injustices that I feel like are insidious but maybe fly under the radar and now I feel like I'm 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 managing all these cases just like in my head like I'm 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 very dedicated to following the Murdoch saga Oh gosh, Bill, the, the staircase is very interesting to me. I, I love I, the staircase. I, I was going to ask you what you were listening to or what books you loved, and so you're uh, giving it to me without me even asking. Yeah, that. yeah, I love uh, um, true crime documentaries and doc docu series, uh, docu dramas, but but like the the real the source material where it's like the real people telling the stories and everything and and there's some like uh tenacious journalist who's inserted them himself or herself or themselves into this world and then they're trying like uh vigilant not not necessarily vigilante justice but like uh citizen detectives i i'm always (laughs) i admire the um the podcasters who just throw themselves in harm's way on spec nobody's necessarily paying them to do these things that they're just like solving crimes and (laughs) whatever so my one of my favorite podcasts that I'm listening to right now is it's called pretend and um the podcaster's name is Javier Leva he is brilliant and he by golly he teamed up with this author um Alan Logan to to take down Frank Abagnale, the catch me if you can guy who really? it turns out it is the greatest con man of all times, but not because of the story that you saw in the catch Spielberg movie. Yeah. The Spielberg movie is like 90% uh, fiction and Frank <laughs> Abagnale is a really sketchy dude and is Wow. And so these two guys, I mean, they have gone above and beyond getting records of his like military service and his, his incarceration and whatever. And like, they, so pretend uh, is, is all about scams and, and uh, fraud and stuff like that. But they really, um, Javier Leva took a special interest in Frank Abagnale after reading this guy, Alan Logan's book. And now the two of them, it's it's something that, that they continue to revisit on the podcast, even though they cover other subjects. They're like, oh, we've got a Frank Abagnale update. And it's like, just like one outrageous thing after the next. So I'd love to do something like that. I think you have it in you. Marlene, if 
I do. <laughs> I um I think there's big things yet to come for you, Marlene. Well, Marcel, if you want to, if you've got a podcast already, so I could just jump right in. You could and just do, like, jump right in with this true crime. Just have like the true crime report. The true crime. We could do minutes. true crime of women. There mm-hmm. you go. So, yes. Well, how if people wanted to follow you and they wanted to see what you were up to, Marlene, um, how could they do that? I am a maniac on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn <laughs> is my social media platform of choice because okay. I've gotten a lot of jobs that way. A lot. Yes. I mean, I've gotten, you know, it's not like I'm changing jobs all the time, but it if I'm going to put time into social media, I would like to have a a result. And I find that LinkedIn has been effective for me. And I also maintain the women in animation LinkedIn group. We've got 24,000 plus members. So, uh, so it's, it's very satisfying to me. So I'm just me, I'm Marlene Sharp on LinkedIn. So please link with me. Um, And then my company website, pinkpoodleproductions.com. That's, that's my website. And then I'm just, lurking about in various other places i love to be on other people's podcasts as i mentioned before so okay okay well it's been wonderful today to have you and blanche thank you 50 percent with marcel combs and uh, i just wish you the best marlene in everything you do thank you marcel same to you this has been really a pleasure thank you so fun thank you take care you too